0: You are listening to The Next Best Picture Podcast, and this is our review of The Post.
1: So, can I ask you a hypothetical question? Oh dear, I don't like hypothetical questions. Well, I don't think you're going to like the real one either. Do you have the papers? Not
0: yet. This is a devastating security breach that was leaked out of the Pentagon. The most highly classified documents of the war.
1: The Times have 7,000 pages detailing how the White House has been lying about the Vietnam
0: War for 30 years. The way they lied, those days have to be over. Okay, people are concerned about having a woman in charge of the paper, that she doesn't have the resolve to make the tough choices.
1: Thank you, Arthur, for your frankness. Let's do our jobs. Find those pages we are talking about exposing years of government secrets. Is that legal? What is it you think we do here for a living, kid? Ben, I might have something. It must be precious cargo. It's just government secrets. The New York Times was barred from publishing any more classified documents dealing with the Vietnam War. If you publish, we'll be at the Supreme Court next week. Meaning? Well, we could all go to prison. To make this decision, to risk her fortune and the company that's been her entire life, well, I think that's brave. If the government wins, the Washington Post will cease to exist. If we don't hold them accountable, who will? We can't hold them accountable if we don't have a newspaper. Nixon will muster the full power of the presidency, and if there's a way to destroy you, by God, he'll find it.
0: I'm asking your advice, Bob, not your permission. But you can't do this. The legacy of the company is at stake. What will happen if we don't publish? We will lose. The country will lose.
1: What are you going to do, Mrs. Graham?
0: All right, everyone, you were just listening to the trailer for The Post, and the story is as follows. Catherine Graham is the first female publisher of a major American newspaper, The Washington Post. With the help from editor Ben Bradley, Graham races to catch up with The New York Times to expose a massive cover-up of government secrets that spans three decades and four U.S. presidents. Together, they must overcome their differences as they risk their careers and very freedom, to help bring long-buried truths to light. The film is starring Meryl Streep, Tom Hanks, Sarah Paulson, Bob Odenkirk, Tracy Letts, Bradley Whitford, Bruce Greenwood, and Matthew Reese. It is directed by some guy named Steven Spielberg (laughs) and written by Liz Hanna and Josh Singer. Joining me for this review, I have my dear friend, close collaborator, Mr. J.D. Duran from the Incession Film Podcast.
1: Hey! Thanks for having me. Always a pleasure to be here, Matt.
0: Yeah, yeah, and I and I hear you're not alone. Uh, <laughs> I, I I hear you have a guest with you today, so we have, we have two guests on the show.
1: Yeah, my son Samuel is in the room as well, and he's very excited. This is his first time being in the room as I record, so we'll see how this goes. <laughs> but yeah. <laughs>
0: He's with well, me as well, now uh, I'm going to take a wild guess and say that he has not seen the post. Um, he's seen
1: part of it actually. Oh, uh, because oh so
0: wait can can he comment? <laughs> can, can he say if he liked it or not?
1: He could certainly comment on the first thirty minutes or so. What did you think, Sam? Did you like it? He's telling me he did. So,
0: oh, he's it uh, Oh, that's 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 very sweet.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so that's where he stands. Well, stays. I'm
0: more, I'm more curious to know JD what you think of uh the post, not to discredit your son in any way shape or sure. but of course. Uh you're here, I'm here, we're talking about it. It's one of the most anticipated films of the year, uh mostly because it is a dream team uh as far as cast and director yeah. is concerned. Yeah. The subject is very timely, um, and it's coming out right in the middle of award season right now. I don't know about you, but ever since the project was announced, this was like my prediction to win best picture for the majority of 2017. So there is a degree of hype to come along with this movie. Ultimately, Mm -hmm. J.D., in the end, what did you think of The Post?
1: Well, for any crossover listeners out there that listen to my show as well as yours, forgive me if some of this is redundant uh, because I watched this about two weeks ago and have been stewing on it a lot since then. Um, and as I talked about on our show, my first reaction to the film wasn't so much about its quality because it's hard to ignore the comparisons of this film to our current political culture. Um, and it's, it's, and in that regard, it's, uh, very much apt to 2017, the timeliness of this film. Um, I think we'll supplant it historically as one of the most important films of this year. um, I wouldn't say that it's top top tier Spielberg, um, at, at least not at least at least not for me yet. But I do think it's a significant step up from the BFG, and perhaps even Bridge of Spies for me as well. This isn't a film that is concerned with deeply nuanced characters as much as it is with deeply nuanced ideas and the important questions they provoke. And I think as a result. Um, it's a hard turn from being a character-driven experience a la Lincoln in 2012. Um, and instead, this is a riveting thriller that is driven by its energy and the incisive direction that Spielberg brings and the gripping plot mechanics of the script. And there's something about Spielberg's approach and approach all of that that makes it feel so graceful and effortless and how he highlights the immediacy of of the media versus the government make those questions feel viscerally self-aware as it relates to our current era right now. And I think in that regard, the post is um, an intriguing film that does sit well with 2017. I think it couples well with other um, urgent um, journalistic films, such as all the president's men and spotlight. I think the acting here is really good. I wouldn't say that Tom Hanks gives one of the top five best male performance of performances of the year, but I do like what he brings to his character and how that juxtaposes the Kate Graham character played by Meryl Streep. And I know I've talked to you offline or even on Twitter about this as well. If Meryl Streep doesn't get nominated for this film, but she's been nominated for, you know, foreign Floster Jenkins or whatever that movie was or into the woods. Like that to me is absurd because I think she gives one of the best performances we've seen from her in some time, um, in this film, there's a subtle evolution to her character, where she's very um, shy at the beginning of this film. There's a sense of um, um, there's a sense of timidity that she carries with her. Um, but by the end, there is a confidence to her. There's, there's a more of a vigor to her by the end. And the way Meryl Streep plays into that, I I think is really, really fantastic. And certainly I I think helps supplant the dramatic urgency of the film as well. So overall, um, I think it's a very good film. I don't think it's a perfect film. We can get into some of the film's flaws, but, um, yeah, I mean, this is Spielberg, doing Spielberg things and even though it's not his best work it's still a lot better than a lot than a lot of other things that I've seen this year
0: Spielberg doing Spielberg things you know it's funny <laughs> that you say that because this movie made me wonder for the first time ever in Steven Spielberg's career if if he has a hand in rewriting the scripts that he is given mm. because I find it so hard to believe that every screenplay that he chooses to direct has this sense of cheesy, on-the-nose, sentimental dialogue to it. And uh-huh. it, it, this seems to be like a reoccurring thing in every single one of his movies. Even in like very serious films like Schindler's List and uh, Saving Private Ryan – Uh, Those, you know, in Munich, even the the themes are not subtle when it comes to Steven, you know, everything is laid out there. And this is why he's one of the most popular directors of all time is because he makes movies that appeal to a mass audience because and I guess the films, they just communicate to an audience on a very, very easily digestible level. Yeah. Audience members going into this movie who are angry at our current uh, presidential administration are going to love this movie. Mm -hmm. Everybody that is, you know, all for... uh, w- women's rights, uh, it, it, you know, within the workplace and mm-hmm. really a- everywhere in general. I mean, that's all personified in Meryl Streep's uh, character. You see this woman in a place of power who is. I mean, th- you just look at the visual imagery of like a scene where she walks into a boardroom and the camera follows her from behind, and you realize, oh my god, it is a room of craggy old white. Men. Yeah. And she is literally yeah. the only woman walking into the damn room. like it, it. It's like you know. I understand it's a different time. Mm-hmm. You know, it takes place obviously in the in the seventies, but that doesn't mean it's any less relevant than it is today. Yeah. I mean, this is this is still a thing. You know. Yeah. So when yeah, ha- but then what I don't like is I don't like then when you have uh things to kind of tie it all together. Okay, like I I'm okay with introducing a visual concept like that her walking into a room uh full of all men but what i don't like is then at the end of the movie when she's walking down uh the steps of the um supreme court and there's all these women looking up and idolizing her like she's some sort of an angel and i get Mm -hmm. it it, it's sentimental and it it definitely will appeal to people people will think it's nice to me that's just very heavy-handed um and it just feels forced to me Ah, You know, my my thing about The Post is that it's a solid film. It's a solid cast. Steven Spielberg's direction is solid and the script is solid. Everything is solid. Yeah. And what's going to make it special for people is the political relevancy of today. And Spielberg has admitted that that is the reason why he made the film. You know, that's the reason why I got fast tracked into production. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So. My question then is this, J.D., and this is what I've been trying to ask myself ever since. Despite the sentimentality, which, you know, it just isn't for me. Mm -hmm. Does this film work 20 years from now, and does it work 20 years before now? Can this film only be seen in 2017, or can it be seen years from now and still have the same impact?
1: Yeah, I think that's a very good question, and that's... You know, going back to some of my initial statements when we first started this discussion, you know, I mentioned that regardless of what, whether this film would uh, whether this film wins awards or not, that it will be historically one of the most important films of 2017, and I think a big reason why is because of how intimately tied it is to our, you know, political landscape. Now, how does that play in 20 years? You know, maybe we'll look back at this film and go, it was a decent film, you know, middle of the road Spielberg, but boy, was it important for that year and how it helped, you know, give a, a a visual lens as to what people were feeling and and what they were experiencing in 2017. Yeah. And maybe it'll, you know, be uh, a time capsule of sorts, you know, in that regard. But I do think from a cinema, from a cinematic point of view I do think there's a lot going for this film I do think the energy the pacing of the film is crisp it's uh it flows with a rhythm that to me I think plays into spielberg's incisiveness and you know the what editing to, actually you just mentioned yeah. the
0: editing there I, I will say this on a technical level um i was not impressed by john williams score i was not impressed by the costume design the art direction mm. the cinematography all this stuff is fine it's not special i did think that the editing though had a really 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 kinetic pace to it that helped yeah. drive the movie overall because if this movie was a slow burn this would have been dreadful. Yeah. But the editing helped to keep the frantic pace going, really added a sense of urgency to um, the matter, and it also tied very well into uh, the themes of, you know, this this is the press and we need to publish and we got to meet deadlines and, you know, everything is get, get to it, get to it, get to it. The editing is very much like that. So I'm glad that you just brought that up because um, that's probably my favorite technical aspect of the film.
1: Yeah, I completely agree with that, Matt. I I really like the editing of this film. Like like you're saying, it, it certainly helps keep the the tension um, and the, the pacing in the right places to to help make the experience feel more immersive. You know, and you were talking about how you didn't really care for the score or the set design and the costumes and all of that. What I It may not be one of the best of the year, but I, I'll say this about it. I was never distracted by any of that either. I felt like I was in no, that place in time. No, no, it's not time. bad. Yeah, so I do think that while it may not win an award of any sorts, it certainly um, has a place here. And, and it certainly keeps you in the film and keeps you engaged with these characters. And- it's more
0: visually dynamic than uh Spotlight was. I, I will yes, I will say sure, that. Sure. But I mean if we're comparing uh you know you mentioned before uh, all the Presidents Men and Spotlight. I mean if we're comparing, you know, these three films, if they're gonna complete like some sort mm-hmm. of a journalism trilogy in someone's eyes, um I I personally I personally think the post is the weakest of the three. Uh I yeah. really uh, you know, I don't know. Yeah, you yeah. agree?
1: Yeah, probably at this point, like I said, I'm still grappling with it, but I would I would I would certainly agree with that at this point. But
0: but I also do think too though that the, what the post has working in its favor though, regardless of whether or not you Tied to today's political landscape, which is a complaint that I do have about the film, is that it gets most of its power from that. And if you took mm-hmm. that away, if the film was just to stand on its own, I i mean, obviously, I can't view it in that context because I didn't see it in that yeah, context. But I sure. have to question it. Um, what I think the film does do very well and what I love about the screenplay. Forget about the on the nose dialogue, okay? What I what I really, really love, and you were talking about this before, um, through the performance of Meryl Streep mm-hmm. is I absolutely love the, the character arc that she undergoes. And I yes. love how that's written for her um to start off as this woman who literally holds all the power. Mm-hmm. You know, she has the ability to say if something goes to publish or not, and the film becomes about this uh, underlying theme here, uh, you know, and about a sense of duty and doing the right thing uh, Mm -hmm. versus fear and doubt. Mm -hmm. You know, that is the number one thing that always holds people back all the time from doing the right thing is fear and doubt. And Mm -hmm. the right thing is the right thing. I think there are some universal truths in this world that regardless of, your uh, political views or anything, what have you. There are certain things that we can all as humanity agree upon is the right thing to do, I would hope. Yeah. yeah. Um, maybe I'm being too optimistic. I don't know. But what I love is that the film is very, very concrete in this set idea that the only thing that is holding us back is doubt. You know, Ben Bradley is very, very sure that the story is good and they're not going to go to federal prison, but there is that mm-hmm. inkling of doubt. You know, she has that inkling of doubt. She has so much on the line, too, so that fear creeps in. You know, she could lose her personal fortune. She can lose the paper, reputation. Everything could get destroyed if this is not ultimately correct. And that, to me, is a really, really, really strong theme that, regardless of all the other, you know— all the other pieces that are like in play here to have an influence on your opinion about this film. That is the one thing that I think everybody can latch on to. That is the one thing that does in a way, hopefully make it timeless.
1: Well, and one of the things that I appreciate about what you're saying, especially if we're comparing this to something like all the president's men, which is a film that also highlights the importance of journalism and keeping the government accountable, but that's a film that goes into journalism and its everyday, you know, task and what it takes to to pull off what these people are doing. And what I appreciate about the Post and what makes it a good complimentary film to all the President's Men, but not the same film, is that Spielberg isn't concerned with those everyday journalistic duties and and what goes into all of that. At the end of the day, with this film, it really is about the 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 urgency of getting these papers published and specifically how that affected Kay Graham and the importance of her decision to publish that, and what it meant for that time and that space for a woman to be ahead of this this big newspaper, and for her to to uh, to to make that decision.
0: Oh wait, wait, hold on a second, hold on a second. The on the nose dialogue is uh, coming in, JD, and it's Sarah Paulson saying, "I think that's very brave."
1: Yeah, and 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 I think that's very fair. But you know, and and again, going back to you know why we're going to remember the post, right? Because of the the political climate in twenty seventeen, and. Right. In some ways, given the abrasiveness of certain political figures, in some ways, I kind of respect Spielberg's own abrasiveness in this film. And how he's almost fighting fire with fire, so to speak, and going, well, if if they're gonna be over the top and 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 and, and just blatant in real life, then maybe we can do that in this film. But I, I will say I was never distracted by some of that, but in a way I do respect that approach that if it is gonna be on the nose, you know, let's let's take a giant swing at people that are doing the same thing in real life kind of thing and and i that's
0: th- a very interesting take uh, one that i have not actually uh considered there it's almost like uh it's almost like he doesn't want there to be that gray area yeah. he truly is making something that is so from the heart that it does land uh with that thud uh that is not subtle and it's really getting the message of cross but that but that is, but it's the right message. And oh, wow, JD, I think you, I think you might have just recontextualized my number one gripe about <laughs> <off> this
1: movie. <laughs> You're welcome. Um, yeah, and and I think that certainly does tap into the arc, um, of the K Graham character because you know, as we're talking about, she's you know, the head of the Washington Post, the position that you know, wasn't as valued then as perhaps more so than it is today. But more than that, as we've been talking about with the Kay Graham character, she's very aware that she's not really, you know, the best person for this job. It was something that was handed to her because it's been in her family for a long time. But fundamentally, she's constantly full of self-doubt. She's very timid, as we've been talking about. And Meryl Streep does such a great job of tapping into that shyness. But what I love about the K. Graham character is that she is also aware of the emotional stakes, the fact that people could lose their jobs, that the, the Washington Post's legacy is on the line as well, especially because it's tied to her family. Um, And she has to evolve into a confident person in order to change history. And there's a subtlety to that transformation, which is juxtaposed to the Ben Bradley character played by Tom Hanks, who is very confident. He's he's a go-getter. He knows that they have to be the ones to publish. They have to be the first ones to do it, or one of the first ones. The New York Times was actually the first. Um, and seeing, then of
0: course they got shot down and, you know, it, it put like I was saying before, it put fear into everyone. that The same thing could happen to them. And it ends up, uh, it, it ends up, what's the word I'm thinking of? It ends up, uh, disrupting their logical thinking of, uh, doing the right thing ultimately, you know, it makes the decision that much harder.
1: Exactly. And, and it's even harder because, you know, at, at certain points in this film, we find out that Kay Graham has, She's um, she's involved with some of these political figures of the time that are – Oh, yeah, Bruce be- Greenwood. Yeah, exactly. Yeah,
0: yeah. That's a great scene when, when yeah. she confronts him um, and he himself – like he's an example of somebody who chose uh, the wrong side. Uh, he chose mm. the side of fear fear of losing his reputation and history yeah. is looking at him in a very bad light as exactly. a as a response yeah. to that over time um and, and 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 that let me tell you like the dynamic there um and like i was saying like any anything center centering around that theme uh you know you get guys like uh what, what's his name uh Bradley Whitford and Tracy mm-hmm. Letts really, like, giving K counsel, Yeah. it sounds so rational. It sounds <laughs> yeah. so, like, you know, it, it really does, because it comes from a place of self-preservation. You know, yeah. don't do this today so you can live to fight again tomorrow.
1: Especially because at that time, the Washington Post wasn't, where they were today. In fact, no. at that time, they were the number two paper just in Washington, let alone nationally. So to, to you know to go ahead and publish these papers was a very risky move. So yeah, there is a um, a sense of logic that those characters bring to this film that Spielberg takes time to highlight and and you know why both sides of the argument have merit. Yeah,
0: yeah. Uh, what I want to do now, GD... Is I kind of want to get into final thoughts. Great out of ten Oscar potential for final thoughts. Though it's going to be a little bit more scattered. Um, I I have like a couple of like bullet points here that I want to like kind of touch upon. Um, so I thought maybe we could like trade off of these as far as final thoughts are. Okay. So sure. So w- one thing I want to uh, bring up here is you know what I've noticed in Lincoln Bridge of Spies and now this you know in in almost like his civics lesson uh, trilogy of sorts is. Steven Spielberg has, like, a very, very, very quick scene of violence that, in a way, kind of feels misplaced, and it doesn't feel like it belongs in the movie. In Lincoln, it was the flash of, like, the fighting of the Civil War, Bridge of Spies. There Uh are people getting, you know, shot, climbing over the wall, what have you. Uh And in here, we have this opening that is set in Vietnam. We never go back to Vietnam. And we kind of get this ambush uh, scene that feels, in retrospect, very at odds with the rest of the tone of the film. So I, I, I kind of wanted to ask your opinion on that one.
1: It's completely unnecessary. I okay. did not like that sequence Good. at all. It felt like it all. It is is it's Spielberg going, guys. I know how to direct action. Watch this. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I'm the guy that won an Oscar is. for Saving Private Ryan. Watch this. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah,
1: that's all that it is. It means nothing to the film, like you're saying. We never go back, and all the, all it does is establish that oh, the Vietnam War is happening at the time. But you you didn't need to have an action sequence to showcase that. I feel touch. like they could
0: have done with like archival news footage yeah. over like the credits or something. You know.
1: Yeah. I mean, you could have you could have started the film. Within you know the realms of journalism of where this film is, or you know it, it actually starts with that guy stealing the Pentagon Papers. Oh yeah, Matthew and Reece, he was yeah. and he was in Vietnam like he was a former soldier or something like that, which is why we start there. But I don't. You could have started with that guy without showing the actual violence and the oh, right. That to we, me was we
0: get it. You know there is a yeah, way to. Yeah tell that story and not have to have this yeah. what I what I sometimes call a directorial flourish a hey yeah. look at me look at me yeah. you know this is what I can do and uh, honestly if i feel like i could take out the movie and the movie still works uh then it's it's a directorial flourish that uh quite honestly just doesn't need to be there
1: I completely agree. And as we were talking about earlier, I mean, there's nothing about the aesthetics of the film, you know, the costume design, all of that. It's fine, but there's nothing about there's nothing flashy about it. So then to have this flashy opening sequence of action, just it makes no sense. It doesn't really mold well with the rest of the film.
0: Uh, And everything I this is something I like uh, a point here. Um, I absolutely love that Steven Spielberg uh, milks the first scene with uh, Tom Hanks and Meryl Streep, who are two living legends uh, sharing Mm -hmm. the screen together for the first time ever. And the way that he does it is it's a one-er shot that I believe goes on for something like five minutes of Kay walking into the restaurant, sitting at the table. And it's a two-shot of just the two of them in frame, and they're having this back-and-forth dialogue. And it got to a point where – when it actually made an edit and we went to an over-the-shoulder uh, close-up, I was like, oh, I kind of wanted to see the whole scene just play out in that one shot because he held on for it for so long.
1: And you have two legends like that, right? You got Tom Hanks. Oh and yeah, Strip, just it, it was a great way it. for
0: the, for him to be like, "Hey guys, listen, yeah. taking this moment, saving it." Streep Hanks on the same t- on the same screen.
1: Absolutely. And then it establishes their relationship and their connection and the chemistry between the two that plays out throughout the rest of the film. And, like, I mean, like we were saying, those two characters really couldn't be more different from one another. And to see how that dynamic unfolds is pretty great, I think.
0: All right. And then the uh, last thing I have written down here is supporting players, uh, specifically Bob Odenkirk. Yep. Uh, What did you think of the supporting cast in this?
1: Uh, really like Bob Odenkirk. Really like Tracy Letts as well. Bruce Greenwood has. When a good Do you few not like scenes. Tracy
0: Letts? Everybody loves Tracy Letts lately. I mean, I, the guy I, is excellent in everything he does.
1: He is very good. I I completely agree. Uh, Bradley Woodford has a few good scenes as well. My my, I guess my biggest problem with some of the supporting cast is that you have like, you have a Michael Stahlberg in here for like two scenes. You have Sarah Paulson in the film for like two scenes. At some point. It gets a little distracting when you're yes. like, hey, I know that person a lot, yes. and they're hardly in the movie. But
0: it, it almost feels disappointing in a way because it yeah, almost yeah. Feels like, oh, my God, you're wasting this talent. But what it does scream to me is it just screams – Oh my god, I want to work with Steven Spielberg so badly. Yeah, I don't care what yeah. the role is. I just wanna work with Steven that's Spielberg. That's exactly. So that's
1: exactly what it is. It's Spielberg, I'll do anything. <laughs> that's yeah. exactly what it is. Yeah.
0: But I don't think that works for the movie overall. What something I loved about Spotlight so much, um, in particular, was nobody in that movie really I mean, you could make an argument for Mark Ruffalo because, you know, mm-hmm. Avengers. But sure. nobody in that movie was like really a big star. Yeah. You know, sure. or anything like that. And this film has a lot of big stars in it. Uh, obviously, uh-huh. Streep and Hanks, but all the other stars are all like TV stars. You know, all of them are like mm-hmm. very, very big in the world of television over here. You know, Carrie Kuhn um, and Stuhlbarg on Fargo. And then you have um, Sarah Paulson, like we were talking about before. So
1: mm-hmm.
0: these people draw your attention. And then when you have Sarah Paulson, who. You know, her only real scene is that scene where she kind of like makes it hit home for Hanks that what Meryl Streep is doing is brave. It's in the trailer, yeah, and
1: that's all she does. (laughs) I
0: I am left with an empty feeling of that's it. You got this person in here. You got me so excited to see this cast let loose and be amazing, and Uh ah, but it seems like the screenplay only cares about these two people. And occasionally, I guess, Bob Odenkirk.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's that, and that's pretty much it. And then, you know, you have like Alison Brie is in here for like a scene, you know, and I love her as an actress. It's like she just disappears, you know, or you have Jesse Plemons in the film who literally he has like two or three scenes, but he does the same thing in all the scenes. So yeah. it's like, what's the point of hiring this guy?
0: You know, I think the film would have worked a lot better with just a bunch of unknowns and you have Hank and Hanks being yeah. only two recognizable people.
1: I, I agree. It was, certainly would have been less distracting. I I would agree.
0: Yeah. Um I do like that scene though. Uh there is a scene where almost every single main character is at uh Tom Hanks's house.
1: Yeah. Yes.
0: And they're uh sifting through the papers and yeah, trying to find great. anything in there that's going to get them thrown into, you know, federal prison and uh you know, Sarah Paulson's bringing in food for them yeah. and it, it's a really really fun scene cuz the camera Uh, moves a lot throughout the house and tracks all the characters and Uh they're obviously under a deadline. So that's that, you know, frantic pacing, as we were saying before. Yeah. Uh, So, you know, there's there's a lot going on there. That's a a lot of fun. I'd say that's probably the most fun, I think, that the movie has. Yeah. uh, That scene. And of course, his daughter asking for everyone to buy her lemonade.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Which is great. (laughs) Yeah. And then, of course, and then, of course, it leads to that phone conversation where you have, But uh, Tracy Letts and Tom Hanks, and there's like two or three people all on the same call. And I love that confrontation between where Tracy Letts is on one phone and Hanks is like, look, if you're going to have a conversation, this is my house, goddammit. I'm going to be on the phone, too. And he just walks (laughs) to another room and gets on and they have that argument back and forth. It's, It's pretty riveting.
0: Yeah, very, very much so okay I mean so th- those are really all of my uh final thoughts that I have here on the post mm-hmm. um you know there there are no twists in the movie or anything like that there's no like shocking reveals I I think if anything and and this might this might have been the most shocking uh actually for me because once again of how kind of cheesy and lame it mm-hmm. was in a way um by the time the credits rolled it suddenly dawned on me that this is legit legitimately a prequel to all it the is. president's men yeah that's
1: exactly what we talked about on our show too like it it is verbatim a prequel
0: like the movie ends you could put in all the president's men and it's like sequel yeah here we go and it, it works
1: yeah and some of these characters like ben bradley is actually a character in all the president's men yeah,
0: jason robarts god bless his soul man won an oscar for that movie too
1: yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, it's it's crazy how seamless it is. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it makes me wonder if Spielberg did that on purpose.
0: I, I mean, I struggle to say that The Post is a great film. I think it's a good film. Yeah. Um. I, I, I know there are people who will think that it is great. I don't think that it's a bad film by any means whatsoever and I think Mm. that the reason why people will say it's a great film is because they feel so strongly about the political landscape of today that's not to say that I don't but that is to just say that I I, my my viewing style the way I watch movies Mm. is I watch the film as a film on its own and I try to eliminate any and all influences as humanly possible. I'm, I'm talking, you know, down to the director and, you know, what scandals they may have going on in their lives, to uh, the political times, to everything. You know, I try and I try and I try and I try. And if the film gives me a, a good enough reason to let that uh, slide away... Then you know what? Yeah, I will comment here and there about how important it is, and I'll give the film its due or not. But with the post, um, the post to me is nothing that's like extremely uh, special. Like it's not uh, an all timer, but it is a very, very, very solid film. So, uh, with that said, um, I would say, like, for myself, uh, is you know, great out of 10, I'll give it a seven. Um, I I think it's a really good, solid movie. It's not one of my favorites of the year, but um, I I don't think it's a a bad film either, like I was saying before. So a 7 out of 10 for me on that scale. What about you, J.D.? Uh, What grade out of 10 uh, would you give uh, The Post?
1: Yeah, I agree with a lot of what you're saying there, Matt. As far as a grade for me, I'm probably in that like A minus B plus range. I do think it's a good movie. I wouldn't call it great as we were talking about earlier. It it certainly has its issues, but I like what Spielberg is doing here for the most part. And, and perhaps what I appreciate the most about some of his abrasiveness and, and that approach to this film is that it highlights just how uncanny it was regarding Nixon and how he treated, you know, the media at the time, and how cyclical that has been in terms of history, and how that does represent where we're at today with the government versus the media as well. Um, it is interesting in how this film taps into that, and something that you know, you know, earlier you asked like how this plays in twenty years. Well, I mean, Nixon and all of that was just 25, 30 years ago. Maybe in another 20 years, we're going to have the next president that wants to fight the media at every waking moment. And this film is going to be more potent in that regard. So
0: I guess I guess what it comes down to is that I, I have to accept the fact that we are destined to repeat history when I deep down want to believe that we do change. Um, I don't know. I do see a lot of things happening today that do reflect the past, and I suppose that's why the film is so timely. Uh, I, I, I do want to hold on to that optimism, though, that you know things will change, and we hopefully we can look back on this as like almost like an archival, you know, piece of filmmaking that uh, is just not socially as relevant anymore, but was for its time. You you know what I'm saying? I I I hope that in twenty years (laughs) we're not looking at this and being like
1: I agree. That's my that is my hope. I agree. We can certainly cling on to that hope and I'm I'm with you, but if 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 the notion is true that history does repeat itself, then we may be in some trouble. But I mean who knows? You know, I there is something about power and how that changes people and um, we we've certainly seen that in a lot of films recently, but it is pretty scary and uncanny and how Nixon is depicted here and how it it reflects certain individuals. I'll just say of twenty seventeen. So. Um, in that regard, I I really do like what this film is, is aiming at. And I think for the most part in execution, because of that pacing and editing here, there's enough of an urgency and that, that evolution of both Ben Bradley and K Graham, I think is pretty great. So I would, I I think I gave it an A minus on our show, um, mostly because I really appreciated that but it is a flawed film and it but it, either way I still recommend it when it comes out in theaters yeah. please oh, go yeah. and, and check it out for sure
0: Yeah no no I definitely recommend this movie I recommend this movie to everybody Yeah
1: yeah um, sure
0: Yeah I I really cuz cuz you want to some I, I you know I might have uh, in, in you know I, I might have not have been as high on it JD but I'm still I'm still high on it I still like it um uh-huh. but in the but the, the most fascinating thing is I can't predict um how other people uh will respond to it which mm-hmm. which is a good yeah. thing I, I yeah think, I, I agree um because the film does do a lot right and there is something to be said for uh, Streep and Hanks sharing the screen together and their performances are really, really good, especially Meryl Streep. Oh, my God. You know, yeah. so I think that there is a lot to like in this. But then again, I also don't know if they'll have the same complaints as me. I don't know if they'll have the same viewpoint as mm-hmm. I do. I, I mean, I I don't know. And I don't expect people to. Yeah. So, uh, I, for that reason, I recommend it to everybody. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and make up your own damn mind. <laughs> exactly. Why are you even listening to this show, everybody? <laughs> um, you know, in terms of Oscar potential, because this is where, you know, it gets very, very interesting right now. Um, you know, we're in the middle of the race right now. So, mm-hmm. I, I, you know, it's Oscar potential is almost almost set in a sort of way.
1: Yeah.
0: Uh, so w- what I'll do is this. I'll, I'll be very generous and I'll just say all the things that right now it, it it's – like in the running for not all the things I think it's going to get um, so picture director actor for Hanks actress for Streep screenplay John Williams and score the editing mm-hmm. um, you know the art direction the costumes uh, didn't make the makeup shortlist I don't see it getting in for sound although let me tell you something Steven Spielberg films somehow some way always managed to get into sound so, you know, I guess there is something to be said, possibly, for the sound of the typewriter.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I maybe that's why maybe they that had that beat sequence. Uh,
0: you know, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Maybe that. Maybe that does. The yeah, track. exactly. <laughs> uh, you know. Oh, you know what? That's why it's there, so yeah. that we can get <laughs> the, the, <sound. laughs> the required sound. Yeah, exactly. Oh, <laughs> uh, jeez. Um, I don't see uh Bob Odenkirk gaining any traction for this stuff. No, I, I think he's you know I think he's serviceable, no. and I think yeah. that he has, um you know, the third best written character in the movie. And, you know, he does do a really great job, as always, but um I don't see it going the distance. Yeah. So that pretty much covers it for me. Um, you know, I don't really see anywhere else that this film could possibly land. Mm-hmm. Suffice to say, I don't expect its nomination count to be uh very high yeah. when all of- – things are said and done. I do expect it to get in the picture. I do expect Streep to get in. Uh but I I sh- I think screenplay, John Williams score are probably like the next likely uh things. I, I do see a world where Hanks also gets in there. Although if he gets in for this, uh over uh missing for Captain Phillips, I know. And, uh, you know, even I, I, I will even be think so he was mad. stronger <laughs> in Bridge of Spies, personally. I agree. Um, yeah, so I, I mean I didn't think he should have been nominated for Bridge of Spies, but I think he was stronger in that anyway. So, I I mean, I'm kind of baffled still that he's very much in the conversation. Mm -hmm. Um, I think that there are, you know, much stronger performances this year. I agree. Hey, you know what? People love him. They love Streep. They love Spielberg. They love the movie. And you know what? That's that's totally fine. You are free, 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 free to like it as much as you humanly want. And uh, I will say this. There is still a world where it does win Best Picture in the end because of how timely it is it is very
1: timely I I agree it's it's impossible to separate it right like you watch this and go oh my god <laughs> like it's it represents this year in so many
0: ways and I tried JD I tried to watch yeah. it and not uh, <laughs> yeah. it is impossible
1: <laughs> it, it is and and it's funny because you know my co-host you know Brendan cassidy he he always has this joke at our show where he's like, you know, they could cast Meryl Streep just to read the encyclopedia and the Academy would nominate her for best actress, you know, and it, and it is funny because, you know, I know she, there are people were talking about her for into the woods for crying out loud or last year. I, I, I genuinely like I do for given the Academy's criteria anyway, I think she's, she should be in that top five. Um, Along with, you know, Ronan and McDormand and Sally Hawkins.
0: And it's crazy, too, because it's not a flashy performance, uh, especially compared to the stuff that she has been nominated for. But that's what makes it so much better is that it's more grounded and it feels more authentic and nuanced. And she carries so much emotional weight to it that when she gets to like her big monologue scenes uh, that she has... I feel like the emotion is so well-earned. I agree. Uh, she And she is a huge, huge, huge factor in that. Even when I think Spielberg as a director is ruining some of those moments. Um, you know, like, for example, I don't like it when, you know, Streep is giving, like, this really great monologue. The camera's slowly pushing in, and I'm like, yes, yes. And then John Williams' score, like, kind of just <laughs> comes in, and I'm like – why is the score <laughs> overpowering Streep right now? Like, yeah. why? Like the two were just juxtaposed against each other and it's like distracting yeah. me. And I'm like, come on, Steven, let me relish in the moment. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and I think that's fair, but just strictly speaking on this, on the performance, it's incredible what Streep does with that character and, and how believable it becomes because, And when you see her at the beginning and she's just so timid and so shy and so unsure of herself. And then when she's having to make that decision while she is conflicted and the film earns that confliction, you know, the the confidence that's ultimately there and how she changes things, there's an incredible amount of subtlety to it, you know, which is so... I feel like the antithesis to a lot of her other performances lately, which are are more loud and they're a little bit more flashy and showy. And this is just such, it it shows her range in some great ways, I think. So um, I I think it's one of the best leading actress performances of the year.
0: I'm going to end this uh, because Meryl Streep has been uh, somewhat in the news uh, as of late, I'm going to end this by saying, uh, you know, uh, uh, just to put in a quick cap on everything, and I'm just going to just say something very simple. Meryl Streep is awesome. Yes. Done. <laughs> well, Where can they that. find you on the Internet, JD?
1: You can find us at IncessionFilm.com. There you can find links to our podcast and our social media platforms. I mean, basically anything you need to find About us. Again, that's InSessionFilm.com.
0: And you can find me on Next Best Picture. Thank you for listening to the Next Best Picture podcast as myself and JD over here. We reviewed Steven Spielberg's The Post. Be sure to subscribe to us on iTunes, SoundCloud, TuneIn, Google Play, Stitcher, Player FM, and on CastBox. Also, be sure to leave us a review on iTunes. Nothing less than five stars is acceptable. Unless, of course, that is if you just completely disagree with everything I always have to say about everything, as most of the internet tends to do from time to time. And you want to give us less than a five-star review because of it. But if you like the discussion, you think that we break valid points and we help you think about things in a different light, at least give us a five-star review based upon that. Or if you just want to give us some feedback in general, we really, really much appreciate it. Thank you so much for listening. As always, we will see you all next time.